Chapter One of the Life and Works of Joseph Wright by William Bemrose. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter One The Family of Wright. Joseph Wright, like his famous contemporaries Reynolds and Wilson, belonged to the great middle class, as may be seen from the pedigree appended to this chapter. Wright could reckon amongst his progenitors men of some consideration in the three professions of law, physic, and divinity. The family appears to have settled at Seyford, county of Stafford, in 1662, and from thence to have migrated about the year 1673 to Longford in Derbyshire. The earliest ancestor of Wright whom I have been able to trace is the great-grandfather of the painter, and I am indebted to the Reverend J. Charles Cox, LLD, the present rector of Anvil, Starbridge, for the following interesting information respecting him. On February 17, 1662, in the rectory house of St. Andrew, Holborn, Bishop Hackett of Coventry and Lichfield instituted Johannes Wright Clericus into the vicarage of Seyford, Staffordshire, vacant through death of last incumbent on presentation of the king on the fifth of the same month at an ordination held in the parish church of st andrew holborn by the same bishop hackett johannes wright a colleague dublin in regno iberiae was ordained priest on september twelfth sixteen seventy one bishop wood instituted john nash to the vicarage of seyford on the resignation of john wright on leaving seyford the reverend john wright became rector of longford county of derby where he died in sixteen eighty one his death is thus recorded in the parish register sixteen eighty one john wright rector of longford an orthodox and worthy son buried january the tenth this exemplary clergyman left a widow and eight children the maiden name of the former i have not been able to discover but her christian name was elizabeth and those of his surviving children he had lost one sarah during her childhood are written on the back of the inventory of his goods thus richard john thomas jonathan matthew elizabeth mary bridget Letters of administration were taken out on the 28th of June, 1682, and some of the items of the inventory are so interesting as to be worth transcribing. It is to be remarked, in the first place, that his goods were valued at the low total sum of £205, and that the largest item was for corn, wheat, peas and oats, £44 from which and from other entries it may be inferred that he farmed his own glebe among the latter may be quoted hay twenty five pounds six shillings eight pence two mares one nag eighteen pounds two heifers four calves six cows and calf three bullocks twenty seven pounds thirteen shillings four pence nineteen sheep and four swine six pounds nineteen shillings four pence of the modest establishment and simple habits of this country parson of the seventeenth century this document affords evidence 
his plate was estimated at five pounds only and the same sum was considered sufficient to represent the value of his purse and apparel while the worth of the whole furniture of his parlour consisting of fifteen chairs two tables one carpet is set down at three pounds that he was studious as well as simple is attested by the comparatively large valuation of the contents of his study these were one desk and lock and shelves and books which were assessed at thirty pounds four shillings a sum exceeding the supposed equivalent in money of the entire furniture of the rectory this assertion i must ask my readers to take upon trust as the inventory of the contents of the kitchen dairy brew-house and five upper chambers is scarcely of sufficient interest to print in extenso of the nine children of the rev john wright of Seyford and longford some information is given in the pedigree but here we need concern ourselves only with his sons richard and john from whom sprang two distinct branches of the family it is from john that the subject of our biographies descended but richard claims precedence by right of seniority of this eldest son richard little is known except that he was born at lodenhall or leadenhall pendridge staffordshire in sixteen sixty two and that he was the father of richard ride m d of derby this the second richard of this branch was born in seventeen o two and was twice married firstly to dorothy Gerald of worksworth who died childless and secondly to francis wilcoxon of the same place by whom he had issue one son and two daughters one of the daughters elizabeth died unmarried in seventeen sixty six and mary the other became the wife of captain john wilson r n of tamworth and died in eighteen o five the son was named richard after his father and followed the same profession the third richard in this branch was like joseph wright the painter the great-grandson of the rector of longford and must not be confounded with another dr richard wright his second cousin and brother of the artist for the sake of distinction he may be called dr richard wright of london where he settled and became distinguished he was one of the physicians to st george's hospital and being a man of high scientific attainments and a scholar of some eminence he was elected a fellow of the royal society he married caroline only surviving daughter of sir james gray by whom he had no issue he collected one of the first libraries of his time which after his death was sold by messrs t and j egerton on monday april the twenty third seventeen eighty seven and eleven following days this library which numbered two thousand eight hundred twenty four lots at the sale consisted of an elegant and extensive collection of books in every branch of learning it was particularly rich in works of history physic criticism and divinity and in greek and latin classics it also included many of the scarcest editions of the old english poets novels and romances and a remarkably singular assemblage of theatrical literature including the rarest productions of the english drama the dramatic works occupied two days of the sale 
and amongst other rarities were copies of the first second third and fourth editions of shakespeare's works the catalogue a demi octavo of a hundred and two pages forms a good textbook for the book buyer of today dr wright died at his house in charles street grosvenor square london on saturday the fourteenth day of october seventeen eighty six his remains were brought to derby and interred in the family vault at st michael's church it is now time to turn to the younger branch of the family to which our artist belonged john the second son of the vicar of Seyford and rector of longford was born at the former place in the year sixteen sixty four he became an attorney and established a reputation for integrity which descended to his son there is still in the possession of the family a letter addressed to him by the great lord chesterfield dated april the thirteenth seventeen o four in which his lordship says quote, i am much satisfied to find that mr thacker and my daughter wotton have employed in their affairs the character from whom everybody may expect fair dealing he married anne dakin in sixteen forty nine and had issue jane john and elizabeth john the second was born january the sixteenth sixteen ninety seven and like his father became an attorney of good repute from his upright conduct upon all occasions he was known by the flattering name of equity right it is said that when applied to respecting any case which he thought only required explanation it was his wont to reconcile the parties as a friend without making fee or charge an attorney of derby speaking of equity right some years after his death said quote, he might have died very rich had he acted like the generality of his profession Unquote. there can be no doubt that he was a thoroughly good lawyer for on more than one occasion when he waited on the celebrated sir eardley wilmot of osmaston for an opinion sir eardley said to him quote, you are come to throw away a guinea with me mr wright for you know the law as well as i do Unquote. he filled the office of town clerk of derby from seventeen fifty six to seventeen sixty five the sisters of equity wright died unmarried but he on september the twenty sixth seventeen twenty eight took to wife a lady named hannah brooks by whom he had issued three sons and two daughters john the eldest and third of his name was born august the twenty ninth seventeen twenty nine and like his father and grandfather became an attorney he died march the twenty second seventeen ninety eight richard wright m d the second son already mentioned in the account of the elder branch of the family was born november the seventeenth seventeen thirty and attained some eminence as a physician in his native town derby an old manuscript has the following lines relating to this richard Quote, cease wonders cease from this or that since dr wright has changed his hat corners three and weak profound he now salutes his friends all round Unquote. he married sarah wallace of derby by whom he had two daughters hannah and anne the latter married james holworthy 
an eminent artist a member of the old society of painters in color and an intimate friend of the late j m w turner r a mr holworthy purchased the brookfield estate near hathersage and built brookfield house hannah died may the thirteenth eighteen sixty seven unmarried joseph the third son of equity wright is the subject of this biography his sisters hannah the third child and anne elizabeth or nancy the youngest of the family died unmarried in the years eighteen ten and eighteen fifteen respectively joseph wright the painter commonly called wright of derby to distinguish him from another painter of the same surname was born at derby on the third of september seventeen thirty four in the house number twenty eight iron gate and was educated at the grammar school of that town under the reverend mr ormond footnote richard wright was a marine painter of liverpool born seventeen thirty five died seventeen seventy five who painted the fishery which was engraved by wallet and a footnote perhaps the ordinary affix to wright's name has to some extent interfered with his reputation but the localization of his fame is also due to the fact that a great number of his paintings have always remained in his native county and in the possession of the families for which they were painted he was truly right off derby for there he was born and educated and with the exception of three and a half years under hudson in london two years in italy and a similar period at bath we find him located at derby throughout his life he was however well patronized perhaps with the exception of sir joshua reynolds as much so as any of his contemporaries for seldom if ever did a painting of his go into the hands of a dealer or remain unsold respected and honored by his townsmen and enjoying the close intimacy and friendship of men eminent by their position and distinguished by their talents in literature and art he passed his days in the midst of those he loved industriously laboring in his profession although at times suffering from long periods of nervous depression until his death in seventeen ninety seven wright's friend and pupil mr john moss tate of liverpool told a gentleman who called upon him early in this century to see some paintings by wright in his possession that quote, he was always pleased to see a derbyshire man for that county had produced three most eminent men in the sister arts chantry the sculptor wright the painter and john harrison the singer it is seldom that a better opportunity is found of obtaining a clear insight into the working and everyday life of an artist than that afforded by the material collected for the present volume this consists principally of letters written and memoranda made long years ago and numerous notes by the artist himself most of the last are contained in a book in which he carefully recorded the pictures he painted the prices he obtained for them and the names of his patrons in it he was also wont to jot down memoranda now full of interest relating to his family and private concerns personal and other relics religiously preserved by relatives and handed down to the present day have also assisted in bringing before the writer 
a vivid picture of the man and his doings. End of chapter 1